all cowardice masquerades as morality. Meaning when faced with a large goal, like for example, becoming the best version of yourself possible, becoming a powerful force for good in the world, building your company to massive wealth, growing your personal brand to a statue appropriate level, taking charge when the ship is being steered in the wrong direction. We often cower behind a false sense of humility. average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today we'll be dissecting the faults, uses, and power of one of consciousness's most enigmatic talents, humility. And listen, I know, it's easy to say, you should be humble and move on. All the great books speak of it. Jesus said, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The Buddha said, when things are going well, be mindful of adversity. When respected, be mindful of humility. In Muhammad, in the Quran, the best of people is the one who humbles himself the more his rank increases. And so, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again because it's true. When seemingly competing philosophers all agree on the same idea, pay attention and better lend an ear. There's something to be learned there. Which is no less true in this case. Humility, ironically, is a power. Though as we unpack this defining feature of our collective humanity, let's make sure we're not overextending its bounds. Let's understand its nuance, its limits, and its use case. Because yes, humility is powerful beyond measure, but let us not kid ourselves into believing that there is a one-size-fits-all version of it. All great ideas, all great philosophies, even if articulated tightly in one word, for example, hide many a great and important detail under their hoods. And in this case, there are four that I will discuss today. First, humility as it relates to ourselves, namely that we should not use humility against ourselves as an excuse for inaction or sloth. Then secondly, humility as it relates to others, defining our place amongst the great bedlam of humanity. Then we'll unpack humility as a practice, as a necessary means to any legitimate end, a tool for progress. Until finally, humility in leadership. It is a prerequisite for building effective teams and communities. All right, so let's get into it. Part one, humility as an excuse. And listen, I know that that may feel and seem a bit controversial, but in the same way that we both can't live without water, and it'll drown us if we get too far in, 
so too humility often acts as a barrier, a self-imposed obstacle we build for ourselves. And here's why. Nietzsche, the great German moral philosopher, said it this way, all cowardice masquerades as morality. Meaning, when faced with a large goal, like for example, becoming the best version of yourself possible, becoming a powerful force for good in the world, building your company to massive wealth, growing your personal brand to a statue-appropriate level, taking charge when the ship is being steered in the wrong direction, we often cower behind a false sense of humility. We say, oh, well, you know, I didn't want to impose. I didn't want to confront. I was being humble. She knows more than I do. He's done it for so long already. My father did it this way. Who am I to act better than him? Who am I, oh humble me, to evolve the zeitgeist? It's just not in me. I'm just not like that. I'm, you know, a humble person. Ha! Humble my you-know-what. This false humility is a verbal trick. It is a get-out-of-jail-free card you pull out from your sleeve, a sleight of hand. But who, I ask, are you tricking? Who is the audience? You are. You are the audience to your own false humility. Great leaders are humble, yes, but because they know their place while acting heroically. They remind themselves of a greater whole while simultaneously having the courage to push it forward. Humility then, my friends, I beg of you, should never be used as an excuse. Humility is not a virtue in isolation. On the contrary, it is most powerful while acting powerfully. Second, humility as a social skill. I think Rick Warren said it best. True humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Meaning, when interacting with someone, the most important part of the conversation is the part when you are listening, not when you are speaking. But to do so, you must humble yourself against the great weight of what you do not know. Socrates, for example, is not still recognized as one of the greatest thinkers who ever lived because he so eloquently articulated his own philosophies. Contrarily. He really was just the greatest listener who ever lived. Okay, I hear you. But what does that really mean? Okay, but what else? Tell me more. And more. And more. Being humble enough to know that we do not know. That we are ever curious beings. Fighting against our own dogmas. This is a virtue. Because look. We already know this. When we are kids, we are taught to listen to our teachers. If we go to college, we're impressed by our professors who wrote the very books we're reading. We are members of MentorBox, too, for this reason, because we acknowledge that there is more in the encyclopedia that we have not memorized, that there are new tools and tactics and methods and technologies ever coming from the waterfall of our collective and even sometimes individual knowledge. And because of that, moreover, if we're not paying attention we are naturally at a disadvantage. And so too are our families and communities. Humility in this vein is a vessel we ride on our way towards future wisdom. Ask and listen, ask and listen, ask and then listen. As Ralph Waldo Emerson said, a great man is always willing to be little. Now three, humility as a tool for progress. If you're a longtime friend of MentorBox, you'll have heard this concept before, deliberate practice. Though, if you haven't, 
Here it is in a nutshell. The concept really started with Professor Anders Ericsson, author of Peak, who deconstructed the practices of the world's most elite performers in everything from music, athletics, chess, and business, and came to basically one conclusion, what they all had in common, no matter the domain, was this idea of deliberate practice, which is basically a method for getting better at something until you reach a world-class elite level. First, you must pick a specific domain. Then, while practicing, you must consciously move past your comfort zone. For example, playing the same song the same way over and over is not deliberate practice, but playing a new song faster and faster is. Then, and this too is intuitive, but often we forget it while adults, we need a teacher to give us immediate feedback. So there it is. In order to progress, in order to get better at anything, be it your job, investing, in order to build stronger relationships, to become stronger and healthier. This is applicable in all areas of your life, by the way. In order to get better at anything, you need to deliberately practice. Pick something to practice, push your boundaries, and then get feedback. Wash, rinse, repeat. Soon after this was published, Malcolm Gladwell made the idea famous with his 10,000-hour rule in Outliers, Meaning, to be world-class, you don't just have to deliberately practice, you have to deliberately practice for 10,000 hours, which is not easy, but it also makes sense. Though, then Cal Newport added to it the concept of deep work in his masterwork, So Good They Can't Ignore You. Either way, the point is that deliberate practice is important. It shows up everywhere nowadays, and for good reason. So, how does this relate to humility, you might be asking? Well, humility is a secret meta-necessary skill that must be implemented during the deliberate practice process. Because if you think you're great or you're uncomfortable with judgment because you're conflating feedback with judgment, or worse, a definition of who you fundamentally are, then you'll never progress. So if you want to do great things with your life, if you want to become world-class, even if that's simply being a world-class father or a world-class mother, then you need to humble yourself before your own faults. You need to seek out feedback, push your boundaries, enjoy the many failures that are necessary to move your comfort zone radius out past where it once was. Remember, even Tiger Woods has a coach. Even Michael Jordan took advice. Even Hemingway had an editor. In fact, Hemingway said it this way, there's nothing noble in being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former self. And finally, four, humility as proper leadership. All right, let's get serious for a second and also a bit personal as well. Vulnerability is a power. True leaders, knowing that they don't necessarily have the right answers every time, like good scientists, view every decision they make as a test. My hypothesis is. My current theory is. Steve Jobs used to famously give these fiery and emphatic speeches about his opinions and then immediately ask his lead engineers to pick apart his logic in an attempt to find its flaws. The blood level humility in leadership is absolutely essential for cultivating winning teams. Tyrants and dictators unable to play tennis with other creative and skilled minds so convinced of their own righteousness are, and I do not equivocate here, are destined for failure. Effective leadership is by definition humble. It must be. And you don't have to take my word for it either. Daniel Coyle, one of the leading researchers on the subject, New York Times bestselling author of The Culture Code, teaches in his mentor box lesson that humility is leadership. It's the number one predictor of team success. This goes for NBA coaches, Navy SEAL commanders, orchestra conductors, and film directors. The fractal expands out tall, 
wide, and deep. And so I encourage you, when speaking to your team, do not assume to know. Take a stand, sure. Argue emphatically for your point. But if proven incorrect, if the data shows that your sales copy didn't work, that no one likes your new logo, that the new product just isn't working, then pivot. There's more shame in catastrophic failure, I assure you, than there is in admitting a small defeat on your own way towards progress. Chris Jamie put it this way, to share your weakness is to make yourself vulnerable. To make yourself vulnerable is to show your strength. So remember, humility is a virtue, absolutely, but it is not a standalone monument. In the case of yourself, be careful not to humble yourself into inaction. As a social skill, stop talking. Be humble enough to listen. As a tool for progress, be humble enough to take criticism and feedback. And in leadership, humility is as necessary as giving direction. All right, that's all for today. See you next time. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.